Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac and Talk number 39 for Tuesday, July 23rd, 2022. I am your host, Chanel Allen. Mac and Talk is an open forum Q&A conference session for anyone with Mac questions. Whether you're just getting started, and I mean by just getting started, you're trying to decide if the Mac is the right computer for you, or maybe you've had a Mac, you've decided to take that plunge, but you're really struggling to learn voiceover. Or maybe you've been using the Mac for a while and need help with an app or a feature. No matter where you are on your Mac journey, we are here to help and to answer your questions. And I am so glad that you have joined us tonight, live or later on via the podcast recording. Before we get started with our main program, that is your questions, I just have a few announcements to get through iBug today, we are an awesome organization and we have lots going on. And the best way to keep up with all that is to follow us on our website and social media. Our website is iBugToday.org. There you can register to become a member. Registration is free. Participating in any of our events is free. And by registering, you will be the first to know when we send out announcements for things like our movie night, our cafe, our uh, Mac and Talk, all that great stuff you will be notified about. On our website, you can also go to the upcoming events tab to get an overview of everything we have going on throughout the month. There's also links to our previous um, training sessions and also a Mac and Talk link. If you go to that Mac and Talk link, you will find a few things, one of which is our the info to subscribe to our Mac and Talk discussion email list. And you can do that. My contact info is also on the page and links to our previous Mac and Talk sessions. All right. If you're not, though, so much, uh, if you're not too keen on going on the website, well, all of our announcements are posted to social media. So we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash iBugToday. In addition to our announcements, it's a great place to interact in between all of our events to ask questions or share information that might be relevant. Also, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at iBugToday. On Twitter, you could even, even if you don't have a Twitter account, you could just simply go to the website twitter.com slash iBugToday. And it is well with your time because our Twitter master, Herbie Allen, takes a whole bunch of tweets from all the greatest sources, well, a lot of sources, about all the Apple news, tech deals, and rumors, and more. And he posts those on our Twitter. So it's one central place to get a lot of info, plus all of our announcements. All right, and if you like to listen to podcasts, if you don't really want to go to a website to download our stuff, but you have a podcast app or a smart speaker, well, we've got a few podcasts for you. We have the iBug iBug Buzz and iBug Macintalk. And also, we are on YouTube. If you prefer doing things in the YouTube app, just look for the iBug Today channel. And on that channel, we have various playlists, one of which is a playlist with the previous Mac training course lessons. All right, so let's actually then talk about our events coming up. We've had so much this last month. We just had an awesome Apple workshop this last Saturday. But coming up this week on Thursday, All these events I'm about to mention are on the same Zoom channel. On Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m., we have It's iBug's Life with our facilitator, George Batiste, and his title is Let the Good Times Roll. He will be 
showing us how to make red beans and rice, Louisiana style, I think. So you will be able to um, maybe even come and get a virtual sample of that. On Friday, we have iBug Night at the Virtual Movies. Our movie starts at 8, and this time it is Jezebel, was um, from 1938. But we'd love it if you could come to the pre-movie social at 7.30. And then after the movie, we have a discussion time with trivia and other things. All right, and next Monday... On, well, every Monday, really, from 7 to 9 p.m. Central, we have iBug Buzz. So this call is all for your Mac questions. But iBug Buzz is for everything except the Mac uh, that relates to iDevices. So iPhone, Apple Watch, Apple TV, iOS, all that great stuff. And that is 7 to 9 every Monday night. And there will be other things that will come up periodically. Um, our book club is usually the second Thursday of the month. And I think next month they're reading Beloved by Toni Morrison. They're also into the fifth season of Next Generation, I believe. So lots of stuff. Just stay tuned with our social media and you will be informed of what's coming. So now it's time for us to have everybody to hear who is here. We'd like to hear your name, where you're calling from, and if you are participating for the first time in Macintalk. So I am Chanel and I am in Houston. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Janet from Colorado. Hi, Janet. Glad to have you. This is Brad in North Texas. Hi, Brad. This is Pete in North Florida. Welcome, Pete. This is Darcy uh, from, from Canada, currently in Tennessee. Okay, Darcy, welcome. And Priscilla, great. Hey, Janelle, how you doing? Hi, great. How, how are you? doing very fabulous here. Thank awesome. You. Glad to have you. Likewise. Julie's here. Okay. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Kathy Long from Pennsylvania. Hi, Kathy. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. It's not my first time, but I dropped out because I couldn't progress till my Mac got online. And now it is, and I'm back. Yay. We're happy to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi guys, it's Judy in Connecticut. Judy, glad to have you. Sandhya from Houston. Hi, Sandhya. Suva from Houston. Hi, Suva. Glad to have you too. Hi, everybody. It's Gail or Gigi from Houston. Hi, Gail. Hi, Chanel. Sarah Kaysen, Missouri. Not my Hi. first time. Okay. Glad to have you back. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'm going to try to sign up for your Mac course that starts in September. So, Yeah, we're actually pretty full for that right now, but I'm, I can add you to the waiting list and... Um, Okay. And anybody who's interested, we have a continually evolving waiting list. And generally, you know, if you don't get in the course that you signed up for, you're generally guaranteed to get in the next one. So, all right. 
Does anyone else want to introduce themselves? Hi, I'm Milagros Gemmel. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Is this your first time coming to, to Macintalk? Um, I attended some meetings back, back a long, long time ago, and I'm trying to get back to this so I can continue to learn. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Do you yes. have a Mac? Yes, I do. Great. Well, we're happy to have you, and you are welcome to ask a question at any time. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, I think that's everyone. So let's go ahead. Who has our first question? Okay. I have a question. Yes, go ahead. Um, so you came in late. So generally what we do, if you can just say your name, please, before you speak, and then that way we get to know our voices and can tr try to keep a flow um, of the conversation. So, Okay, this is Milagros. And, yeah, go ahead. Um, every time I'm reading the emails and I want to, like, save an event, how can I, with few clicks, uh, put it like on the Google Calendar or something like, you know, do something like that. Because, I mean, I just want to be able to expedite and do a couple of clicks, put it on a calendar that will notify me of the event rather than copying and pasting and doing all that right. stuff. Right. Okay. Well, that may, yeah. So we talk about voiceover here. Um, and so we can kind of give you that perspective. I think some of our people might have, be low vision as well, but um, does anyone have a good way to help Milagros quickly add events to the calendar? Is there a quick way of doing that? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Well, I find that frequently, um, I don't know what it is, if it's Siri or what in in the Mac will detect that an event is mentioned either in the subject line or in the body of the message that uh, it's referring to an event because it'll find a date and a time and what it thinks is the date. And depending upon what you're using as your default calendar, you might find up at the top of the message in the message area, it's kind of like a little banner area. And you might find where it suggests this event and there may be a button to add to calendar. If that's not there, I don't think there's an automatic way to do it that I know of, whether you have to um, add it manually, but you may find those at the top of some messages. Maybe somebody else knows something else that I don't know. All right, looking for the banner at the top. That's always a good idea. Thank you, Brad. Does anyone else have any suggestions or 
um, feedback. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Milagros. Uh, let us know um, if you figure out anything. And um, thanks for coming. We were glad that you came and glad you asked your question. And stick around. So who would like to ask our next question? This is Gigi. Yes, Gigi, go ahead. Okay. I I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, um, but when I was um, doing my email, um, I noticed that... So uh, you're kind of muffled right now. Oh, um, okay. Can, there we go. Can That's you hear better. Me? That's okay. better. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when I was going down my email, um, all of a sudden my, it would go, some of it would be the voiceover would, would not read every email. It would stop and then it would go off. And then I would have to um, put the voiceover back on my uh, keyboard again. And it, it kept uh, going off and on. So I called Apple Accessibility and they said that my voiceover was bouncing around. And so then I had to, you know, restart it. And, uh, but then, you know, I noticed, you know, it's better, but, you know, I was wondering if, if this happened to anyone else. Okay. So your voiceover, is it, it does it freeze then? And then... Or... No, no, I, I, I noticed that still, you know, that when I go down, I mean, it's, it's a lot better now, but it, it would, you know, sometimes when I go down an email and I'm, I'm just pressing the down arrow key, you know, um, it would, sometimes it will skip and, and mm -hmm. just not do anything. And then I will say voiceover on mail. And sometimes, um, it will uh, not do anything and I have to, you know, turn voiceover off and voiceover back on. Okay. I'm... But when I called Apple Accessibility, it was just bouncing around, they said. So did you... And, and it's... Oh. Sorry, it's go updated ahead. To the, it, um, it was updated to the latest software, so... All right. Did you maybe have QuickNav on or something? Because that can make voiceover jump around. Uh, I could always check that. I mean, I'm yeah, not by my Mac. Yeah, you might want to make sure it's okay. off. Okay. I'm not by the Mac at the moment, so on my phone. Does anyone else have any other ideas? This is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. Okay. Um, one thing that, that does come up from time to time um i've had problems with this i know some people do some people don't is the option to let the voice or let the mouse pointer follow the voiceover cursor and sometimes when the mouse moves into different areas things can kind of bounce around i don't know if that's what's happening here or not but i have seen weird things happen um so i tend to prefer 
having the mouse pointer ignore the voiceover cursor. And you can get to all that with in the navigation section of the voiceover utility. Um, I, I Like I said, that, that might be something to look at. Okay. And I think I did that because I think that was a problem last time. And I think I had it on ignore, right? Yes. That's where, or that's where I prefer to have it anyway. I've, I've found yeah, fewer problems. I know some people that, use yeah, that. That's, but. Yeah. And, I, and that is, I fixed that. That is on ignore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Just send you with a new question. All right. Well, thanks, Gail. And we'll let you know if we think of anything else. Uh, go ahead, Sandhya. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right. So I'm using my microphone. It's kind of a weird specific question. So if you'd rather talk about something else, let me know. But it's a so I have the HR mic connected to my Mac and it is connected through a little whatever hub, I guess. Everything is plugged into one thing. Um, so, so there's two problems. So I'm keep, it keeps telling me my mat, my microphone has changed between external mic and, you know, whatever mic I'm not moving, nothing is happening, but yet I keep getting that notification. And then the other weird thing is, um, at different points on a zoom call, this is primarily when that starts happening that I'm like it two voiceovers are talking to me telling me different things so it's very hard oh, wow. to hear what's going on so I, I mean i don't know if that's beyond the scope we we can skip it so just no, that's an interesting question this is, this is pete. Brad. Oh. okay darcy and then <laughs> pete and then brad so darcy, darcy yeah <laughs> i would i would if i had to guess that there's that there might be something weird going on with your with your um with your hub that you've got everything plugged into if you can is it possible for you to try even just temporarily plugging the mic directly into the mac is that, is that something you can do or are all your usb ports taken up uh like no i mean it doesn't have it's only got it doesn't have any usb ports it's only got the little USB-C on the Mac. Yeah. Um, but do you have the, yours is, is yours the um, ATR 2100X or the 2100? Yeah. Yeah. The, the 20, okay, the what, what do I have, Brad? QL? Yeah, that's it. ATR 2100X USB microphone. Yeah. Okay. So it's got the USB-C then, the USB-C connection. Yeah, that's what she's got. So she should oh, be able to plug that directly the into the connection? Mac. Where is that? Okay. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on the your microphone uh, should have a, a USB-C connection on it, and on the other end of it is also a USB-C connection, so that's probably plugged into your hub or whatever. If you can uh, plug that directly into your Mac, then at least you can rule out the, the hub. If it's still doing it, then there's either something screwy with the microphone or the cable, but okay, at least okay. that, would, that would let you rule out the hub. Okay, well, I can start there. Okay, thank you. Great. Yeah. And Pete, you had something? Well, yeah, I was going to address the, the two voiceovers. I think one's probably just in your head. <laughs> but I... Uh... Hey, how did you know that? <laughs> I was going to say that, but I didn't really... Oh, Darcy. <laughs> have you checked, uh, okay. Sonia, have you checked system preferences and gone into your sound preferences and be sure that your microphone is identified properly? Because uh, that's a USB hub and not a audio mixer, I'm guessing. Yeah, just a plain old hub. Yeah. 
So I don't know if you, if something may have changed in your sound preferences, and you've maybe got your your input sound pref, uh, preference setting at a at a different thing, and that's why it's reading differently. Does it bounce around? Um, There's a lot of bouncing and talking, and it's crazy. So okay, yeah. I'll try some of this. Thank you very much. And Thank Brad, yeah, uh, yeah, a couple things. First, uh, like what Darcy said, try plugging it straight into the computer. I realize you've got a uh, M1. MacBook Air, so you've only got two USB-C. Actually, they're Thunderbolt ports, but it's just mm -hmm. kind of the, mm -hmm. they do. They're both Thunderbolt and USB-C. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would try that. And also, is the hub you're using does it have its own power source, or yes. is it okay? Well, okay, that eliminates that. I think uh, one of your problems is yeah, um, it because I really think the microphone should be plugged directly into the Mac. So, and I know that's a problem if you've only got two ports because one of them's probably plugged into power and that leaves you with one port. Right. <laughs> but try that and see what it does. As far as your other thing with the announce, I think what you're hearing is Zoom announcements. Um, yeah. I don't know where you'd have two things unless for, unless you have uh, not voiceover, but speech turned on and if you're using voiceover i usually go through in accessibility where there's a speech category and i have that disabled because i'm no i don't need it i'm using voiceover and that could account for two i mean two things but if it's only happens in zoom i'm wondering if zoom announcements isn't the culprit okay and i believe you can go into zoom preferences accessibility and there's a table in there where you can um, micromanage every all the different types of announcements that zoom makes and you might try turning some of them off and see if that helps with some Great. of that thank you so much guys thank you yeah this is chanel sometimes i very rarely will i have a screen reader just double itself it's like there's two instances of, a, of it running and you hear like two but hopefully that's not what's going on um but definitely all those suggestions are awesome things to look into so who would like to ask our next question this is suva suva go ahead hey so maybe i just have a refresher question so I would like to know the command keys with the voiceover um, uh, with the, you know, if you're reading a PDF document using the, the books on a MacBook, just the keyboard commands on the paragraph, um, read by sentences, the, and just a refresher on, on the different commands, continuous reading, things like that. Okay. Who would like to help Suva out? Give him a refresher on those commands or maybe even where to find those commands. So I'm not sure how well like the, some of these commands work in a, you know, PDF or in the books app um but there are definitely like commands you know like ins or um your vo modifier and you know just the first letter of the thing you want to do so c is the current character w is the word l is the line s is the sentence p is the paragraph um and then you can you know put it with some of these things like vo or 
sometimes navigating by word, it's more reliable to do option left and right. It just really depends on what the app is throwing at you. I have not used the books app in quite a while. Um, moving to sentences, you can, I never remember the series of keys. It's like command, option, control, and then page up, or and then command shift. But you can also use the, um, the voiceover rotor and there is like VOU can take you into the different categories in the rotor or you can also do command option control right arrow and left arrow to move among rotor categories like sentence um, paragraph and then command option control down arrow to move by that selected element you can also turn quick nav on and do things that way but that sometimes causes a bit more trouble um, so i hope that helps the best way though to really look up some of these things is your voiceover commands helps if you do vo and then hold down VO where you're typing HH, you can type in keywords in there like sentence or paragraph or or you can just explore the commands categories. There's about 14 or 15 of them. And they list all the commands for voiceover. And if you don't feel like pressing some of those long convoluted commands, when you find the one you want, you can just press enter on it and then it executes that command. So that's just some real simple stuff. I know books navigation has been tricky in the past. I don't know if anyone knows or has used um, iBooks or, or it's not iBooks, um, preview and books and whatever on the Mac recently and how those are. But hopefully does that kind of give you a general idea, Suva? This is Suva. Yes, uh -huh. it it does. I was more of a like looking from a general point. So someone who's not a voiceover user, like oh. the best way to kind of explain that basically quickly turn over voiceover and just go through the they're like just some of the simple commands just so they can have a text to speech. Uh, they can just kind of have the uh, voiceover reader as a text to speech, just kind of more simpler way of kind of explaining the the um, I didn't want to get into the router and all of the different options. So um, just another Sorry. way of trying okay. to find. I... Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a PDF. I'm also looking or books, um, but you know it can be a regular PDF or a Word document. And a better way to kind of explain that to a a new user with a text to speech option. Basically, they're using the. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't start a new user off with, let's say, a you know, a PDF or Word document. It, it depends on what app you're using them in. Um, you know, like VOA will read all from your current position to the end. But there are, you know, it's really great if, well, actually, like if somebody was to just work, let's say, in text edit um, mm -hmm. to start with, that's where they can really kind of grasp the basic reading and navigation commands. And then once you get those, then you'll be better able to deal with a program like Pages, and I recommend that over Word. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is Pete. Yes, Pete. Um, I don't want to go too too far in depth with this question, um, but I have a I have a new, fairly new uh, Mac Mini, uh, an M1 with a terabyte hard drive, and I ran out of space um, the other day, and 
I'm wanting to know uh, from a troubleshooting standpoint, where would be the best place or two or three to look to um, reduce my disk, my uh, storage on my temporary disk uh, in the largest chunks. Um, I don't know how I filled up a terabyte so quickly. I've got a lot of audio files, but um, I suspect there's something else. I'm wondering, I have Dropbox and I, I'm not sure I've got it in the right mode. I think there's a sync mode that, or something that, that keeps the contents of my Dropbox off my um, computer hard drive. Yes. So if anybody has a couple of really quick suggestions and then I can try them uh, tomorrow, you know, where can I relieve the most space, uh, relieve the most uh, from my hard drive. All right. Who would like to help Pete with that? Decluttering the hard drive, trying to figure out what the culprits are. Yeah. I removed some files. Right. I removed some large um, podcast files and, and I think I, I ended up working for a half an hour on it and I ended up uh, reducing it by about 20 gigs. But uh, I suspect there's larger chunks in there that I'd like to go to first. All right. Well, okay. Oh, if that's speak? too much for this, that I'll I'll take no, it. No, um, I was. This is go Darcy. Ahead, Darcy. Gonna, all right. Well, yeah. one thing you can do, and I, I haven't looked at this too much, so I don't remember exactly the specifics. But if you go into um, about this Mac under the mm -hmm. Apple menu, right? And I'm kind of doing this as I'm saying it, just so I can. Yeah, I was trying uh, to look for the same. thing. <laughs> I yeah, saw there's... the total figures there. I saw the total. Mac HD at a yeah because if you go into storage it shows you stuff like um, how much is free and you can hit manage and if you do that it will tell you I think oh it'll tell you just like how much like it'll give you some recommendations like um, like maybe there's there's like you've got videos or whatever and things that can mm. store in iCloud yeah, um, okay. but I think it also does show you. Um, it kind of breaks things down, like how okay, much video, good. how much um, that sort of thing, and um, and I'm I'm sure you're doing this, but just for the benefit of everyone else, one thing to make sure too when you when you delete stuff, especially if you're doing a lot of stuff, make sure you empty the trash because obviously right. it's not gone until you empty the trash. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, there are third-party tools you can get that that kind of go through it. Right, automatically. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll check. I didn't. Things, I didn't yeah. go into the manage uh, uh, action on that on that storage. I looked at the total. You know, it's got nine hundred and something uh, gigabyte total and uh, available space. It gave me like twenty-five gigs, so I knew there was something large. Yeah, that's obviously, not very but much. I didn't check the manage. One thing you definitely don't want to hit is a disk full because things can go really weird when that happens. Yeah, it so. sure does. Oh, yeah. And this is Brad. Yeah, Brad, go ahead. Well, you mentioned Dropbox, Pete. I don't know how yeah. much you have in Dropbox. Um, if you have uh, a free account or a pay free account, free account, no, I think, a, just lets you have two gigs. gigs. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think a paid no, account a, gives you two terabyte. Yeah. I, so I've one got thing you might account. want to do is go to your home folder, 
V uh command shift H. H. Mm -hmm. And then you'll type find Dropbox in there. If you you do have the Dropbox app installed on your Mac. I yes. Assume. Okay. If you go down through that list, I mean, there are ways to see how much is in your Dropbox folder. But one thing yeah. you can do is if you open the shortcut menu with focus in your home folder with focus on Dropbox, if you do VO shift M, you'll open the shortcut menu like a mm -hmm. context menu and that right. other operating system. There is an option in there to make uh, on online only. And so that will make, make it so that everything in your Dropbox is in online, not and off my computer. Yeah. Right. Yes. Now the problem, keep in mind, that's going to make it slow to access Retreat things. Save. Yeah. Right. You're going to have to allow them to download. And then when you're done, I don't know. I, I'm not in a situation where I have to worry too much about my Dropbox space. So I think mine is actually on my computer. Okay. I don't have a whole lot in there, but That's really good. Um, you might want to look at that and maybe that might free some space up for you too. Super. Thanks guys. Yes, Darcy. Okay. I was just going to say one thing you can also do. Um, and I just thought of it when, when Brad talked about going into your home folder, if you, um, when you're focused on a specific directory, whether it's, you know, Dropbox or downloads or whatever, you can hit command I for get info. And one of the first things it shows you in that screen that pops up is how big that particular folder is. So you can sort of, you know, let's say, look at your downloads folder, you get info Excellent. on that and you can see, you know, how much space, because often what I find the thing that takes up a lot of space for me is the downloads folder, because there's things I've downloaded that I've kind of sure. forgotten about. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can kind of build up on you. Cool. And all yeah. my airdrop stuff, I think, goes into my downloads folder. And I've been doing a lot it of that. It does by default. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Those are really good tips. Thanks a lot, guys. Yes, they are. Thanks for the question. It's always good to have reminders of these things. So excellent. All right, who would like to ask our next question? This is Darcy. I have sort of a follow-up on Suva's sure. thing from earlier. Okay, great. Okay, um, one of the things that uh, he, because he mentioned um, wanting someone to use speech who wasn't a voiceover user. And one of the things you can do, and I don't know how useful this is because it's not really something I've had to do myself, but under the edit menu for most apps, there's a speech options. There's like a submenu, and there's a thing that says start speaking and stop speaking. And I think what it does is if you have text selected, it will read you that. And if you don't have anything selected, it will read you the whole thing. So it might be useful for people who need speech occasionally, but don't need voiceover. That's a great idea. And that's right. I wasn't I wasn't fully connecting with that part of the question. So excellent thought there. And I think you can even set a shortcut uh, for that, like option space or something. If you go into accessibility um, and or system yeah, you, accessibility and system preferences. So yeah, yeah, you probably can because yeah, that's like I said, that's, that's like we all use voiceover. So it's not something right. we've had to deal with, but there, there is a, a definite use case for people who need speech once in a while, yeah. but don't need a full screen reader. And some people do, yeah, it's kind of like the speak text on the iPhone. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that's a great idea. So Brad. hopefully that's helpful too, uh, Suva. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Just remember for a new user, be very careful if you're in editable text and you have stuff selected and you do an errant key press 
it's all going to go away. So remember right. that Command Z is your friend. Yes. That, that, that <laughs> saving the document all before you do anything like that. Right. Definitely. Very true. Important to keep that in mind. This what? is Suva. Yes, Suva. So Command Z will save it from losing focus? or This is Brad. Yeah, Brad. Command Z is undo. So let's oh, say you've got a oh, bunch of text selected and you accidentally, for whatever reason, um, maybe for this reading thing that Darcy mentioned, but it could be anything. You've selected it, you intend to do something with it, and you accidentally hit a key, maybe you accidentally hit the space bar. Now, everything that was selected is replaced by a single space. If you do Command Z, it will undo the last editing action. Actually, you can hit it repeatedly and it'll start undoing the last several editing action but to me i, I sometimes when i'm training people i call it the oops fixer <laughs> yeah i like that gotcha thanks there we go awesome great all right then who would like to ask our next question raheel okay raheel hi chanel Hi. Um, yeah, um, I was looking for accessible websites where you can book your airfare if you wanted to go anywhere like to Houston or to Atlanta or anything. Um, I don't know if there are any accessible uh, websites out there because uh, Delta has been giving me a lot of trouble with their website and their app, you know, on the phone. So that's that's what it is. All so. right. Well, here we can talk about the websites on the Mac. Does anyone have any travel sites that they particularly like to use? This is Darcy. Yes, Darcy. I've had really good luck with Southwest. Um, their website, I find, works yeah. really well. Um, their app works really well, too, but um, that's neither here nor there. Um, the, the, I, like, I actually prefer using the website over the app because, at least last time I tried to do it, um, the app doesn't let you select if you require like special assistance and you can on the website. So I actually find the website works, uh, pretty well. It's, it's actually, Great. it's actually quite accessible. Awesome. That's definitely a good, uh, input or suggestion. Um, has anybody had any experience using like major travel sites? I don't know what some of the ones are out there are these days travel. Yeah, Brad. I find Expedia is real good. Um, I don't, I have not, I have, I have booked airline travel through them before and learned that I really prefer to just do my airline travel directly from the airline. Cause if I've ever had to cancel a trip or something, it's more trouble going through Expedia than it is dealing directly with the airline. But uh, I agree with Darcy Southwest is real good. Most of the airline sites should be accessible because there's a section of the Americans with Disabilities Act that covers certain kinds of things, government and um, other uh, types of businesses. And transportation is one of them. And the airlines are required under ADA to make their websites. So um, I, you know, I'm not saying they're all perfect. But they're supposed to be accessible with the screen reader. I haven't used Delta in a long time, so 
I don't know about that. My experience is being in Dallas, I primarily use Southwest or American. My only problem, Southwest is really good. American, you got to be quick. It'll time out on you if you, you know, don't move along. But um, I've had good luck with both of those two. Raheel? Yes, Raheel? So why is it that you can't, I heard on Southwest that you cannot select a seat or anything on the website. You have to pick pick anything uh, when you get there. Like, why is that? Okay. Yeah, Brad, go ahead. Southwest doesn't do reserve seats, period. You can't even select it when you get to the airport. There, You get on the airplane, you pick your seat when once you're on the airplane. That's why. Oh, okay. So it's, a, for example, economy or... No, it's open seating. Class. They oh, have okay. different fare classes, but the airplane is like general admission. Okay. All right. Excellent question there. Using websites with the Mac. Let's see who has the next question. This is Cassie Long. Yeah, Kathy. Well, I'm still playing around with uh, voiceover help. And there was something I heard today, and I don't think I have all the keys, but it has to do with an uh, FN key and an F8 key. And it might be a command key. I don't know. That's what I want to know. What are the rest of the keystrokes to get into? And it's some kind of a voiceover practice thing. And there are 25 things to look into and practice. All right. Who would like to help Kathy with that? <laughs> I know it's such a, a no, very it's a great question. question but it's a question for a beginner. <laughs> That's am. awesome. That's great. No, there's there's no dumb question out there, as we say. All Thank questions you. are the only Gail. one that isn't dumb. Yep, Gail, go ahead. Well, I know in the um, help menu. Um, there is the beginning when you go down to the voiceover um, help getting started with the Mac. Yes. Um, uh, did you do that? Um, well, I did HH and I've been through all that, but then okay, he, he threw this other thing at me with a F8 and a, an F8 and a um, FN key, but I think I missed a key. If you go... Um, down to let's see if you go uh, down to to the arrow down to the bottom it's voiceover um getting started with the mac the um the basics yeah i think you're talking about the help menu there gail it is the help help menu yeah the very bottom is is where you can the voiceover uh tutorial it'll tell you everything yeah you okay. uh, well, you go at your own speed well, yeah. um, and um, then you practice like it'll say what are the voiceover command keys and it'll tell you what they are and then you practice and then yeah. when you're done it'll do a little bell right arrow and, you right arrow yeah, yeah. I know. okay yeah. all right and i'm just working on gonna, it 
and then I was going to say one other thing that FN and um, com- I think it's uh, Command F8 was voiceover okay. utility. That's also. it. That's it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Br- go ahead, Brad. Well, I was going to say <laughs> what you may be seeing there is um, by default uh, on a Mac, your F keys do hardware features. Yeah. Such as make the screen brighter, make the screen dimmer. They yes. F F seven, eight, and nine do media controls. F right. ten, eleven, twelve do your volume and mute. So in order to make them do um, F keys functions, standard F key, you hold down the FN key, which is the bottom row far left. It says FN for function. Yes. And sir. And, and, and there's actually a setting. This is on a MacBook. Um, if you have a, a desktop, you may have a different keyboard and things no, may don't. be different with a, that. I but on a MacBook, Pro. MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, um, you have the FN key. First. And, and so by, by default. Now, there is a set. And you, so you, what, there's, what you probably saw in that help menu at the very bottom, it's telling you that the command to start that voiceover tutorial that I believe Gail was talking about is the voiceover modifier VO, which by default is the control option. And then the command key. And then to make F8 be an F8 key, you have to hold down the the FN. So you're really holding down all four of those first four keys on the left end of the front row. Okay, and that's where your yeah. FN is coming from. Now, there's a setting in your keyboard preferences to change the behavior. <laughs> don't tell me. Uh, okay. change, yeah, you can change that in preferences if you don't want to have to fool with it. Not that. right and now. If, but yeah. yeah, but that's where that's what they're telling you to do that for. Okay. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Otherwise, you can just get to it in that menu so you don't have to press all those keys. But pressing the keys is definitely an option. And um, thanks, Brad, for that explanation. And Gail. And uh, yeah, good luck, Kathy. I'm working on it. You'll get there. You'll get there. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And we'll see you in class in a couple weeks. So you'll be fine. Yeah, then then you're really going to throw it at me. Yeah, but you're doing good. You're working ahead. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. All right, who would like to ask our next question? This is Milagros again. Yes, go ahead, Milagros. Okay, um, I really do not use voiceover. I do the selection because I'm low vision. I use uh-huh. the selection and uh, you know to read. So my question is, I have a MacBook Pro, but I would like to have a larger monitor. Obviously, I don't think a regular monitor would work with this computer. So is there something that Apple makes that can be connected to the MacBook Pro to um, like have a secondary monitor, a large monitor? Oh, that's a great question. Um, this is Janet from Colorado. Yeah, Janet, go ahead. Um, if you have an HDMI cable, you can connect your TV to your um, Mac, I do believe. You can, and the TV becomes the monitor of your Mac. 
Any TV? Um, any TV that has an HDMI cable um, port, I do believe. Okay, thank you. I I'll try that. I'll give or it a you, try. or you or you could or you could buy or you could buy a, a monitor and use that. But I think if you already have a TV, why spend the money for a monitor if you have a TV and HDMI cable port where you can um connect it to your Mac, use it as a um monitor excellent idea there okay. all right um thank you yeah and i'm not sure what other monitor i mean the apple yeah go ahead brad you can pretty much use any computer monitor um you're probably going to have to no matter what you use you said you had a macbook pro unless it's a really old one or a really new one you probably you know, the really new ones have an HDMI port. They hadn't had one for a long time. And you probably are going to need, if you don't have a really new one, you're going to probably have to buy a adapter, like a little dongle that'll take adapt to HDMI port to like one of the USB-C Thunderbolt ports on this. If you've got a MacBook Pro since uh, 2000, is it? 16 or 15 i think it's 15 um when they came out with the current the, the most recent iteration of them that were replaced a year ago with the newest iteration um and those have have the ones with the hdmi adapter but even if you have just a regular monitor that you've had from a previous computer if it's a vga or a dvi apple probably sells an uh, an adapter that will make it work with uh, your Mac. And those cost okay. $29, $39, something like that. So what I need to do is go to the Apple store and bring the computer and ask them what I need? Or can I just ask do for that. a specific You, you could do that. But do you have a monitor at home? Or do you have a TV? I have a TV. Then you need I probably a just a if you have a TV and you need to feel the side of your, you know, are you familiar with what what ports are on the side of your MacBook? How old is your MacBook Pro? Um, I'm here on where it says uh, about this Mac. It uh -huh. says MacBook Pro 16 inch 2019. And it says okay, processor 2.6. Okay. Yes, yes. That has four Thunderbolt ports and a Thunderbolt port and a USB-C port are the same basic, they're sort okay, of the it's same. it's skinny. It's the skinny yeah, yes, ones, yeah. right? So really, okay. you could go online to Apple uh -huh. Store, or you could just go to, tell them you need an HDMI to Thunderbolt adapter. And you also need okay. an HDMI cable, but you can buy those anywhere. You can buy those at Walmart. This and then you can connect your TV with an HDMI cable to your Mac, and you should be good to go. Right. Okay, uh, it's ahead, an adapter. Uh, I was going to ask real quick. Uh, sure. An adapter is like a little box that has an HDMI yep. on one end, and then I can plug in any USB, the old USB on it. Is that, the, is that what is, you're talking this about? This is Brad. Yeah, go the, ahead, Brad. The one, the one you need will come from Apple, and it is a dongle. Okay. A dongle is a little... It's a it's it's got a little like about a two inch long wire, and on one end it has the Thunderbolt connector that'll plug directly uh -huh. into your computer, and on the yes. other end is a is a bit little bit bigger 
connector and it's got uh, a female HDMI um, uh, connector where you can plug the cable that will go okay. between. There's no no secondary box needed. It's just a Thunderbolt okay. H. And you know you might be able to get one of these from uh, Amazon. Belkin sells them. Belkin's a good brand. Mm -hmm. Amazon may sell one, but that's what okay. you want. HDMI to Thunderbolt adapter. Adapter. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. And Suva, go ahead. Yep. So, Brad, um, every, uh, sorry about that um, voice. Work. Okay. Um, yes. So, the Thunderbolt um, to an HDMI, you can definitely, I was going to recommend the Amazon. So, you don't even have to go to the Apple to get that. You want just... Uh, if you want, they, they sell them in bundle. Like there's a, there's two things. One is a um, USB-C to display port or USB-C to HDMI. I would recommend you just get both of them um, if you don't know which one is what. So some monitors have a display port, which is different from an HDMI cable, uh, HDMI output. So, um, you know, you just kind of have to just, HDMI looks like, you know, it's like a, it feels like there's four corners. The display port, however, only you can only feel two corners and the other one is a little rounded kind of edge. Um, so uh, basically you don't, uh, they sell them cables. One end is a USB-C and the other end can be either a display port or an HDMI uh, port. So it all varies on the monitor you have. And yes, any TV, any monitor you have on your house um, will work. Okay, great. That's good information. So hopefully that um, helps you out. And uh, let's see who has the next question. I know some people have recently come in. Welcome. And we are just here to answer your questions. Anything about the Mac? There's no such thing as a dumb question. Okay, this is me, Julie. I'm going to ask a question. Okay, go ahead, Julie. Yes, I have. I have just got a couple of weeks ago got the uh, um, M1 Mac Mini, brand new to Apple's uh, computer because I've always been Windows. Uh huh. Okay, I have connected a Bluetooth keyboard to it instead of a regular. I had it connected with a wire and then undid that and used Bluetooth keyboard. I have. But I'm just wondering if this keyboard's going to. I'm signed up for this those classes that you're going to have. Now oh, the are? keyboard has, at the bottom left, it says C T R L and then F N, then Win, and then Alt. Is that okay for me to use that keyboard? Uh, that one might cause a bit of problems because that is a Windows keyboard. Um, it has the F N on it. Right, but you, okay. um, yeah, go ahead, Brad. It'll work, but it's a little squirrely in that the control will be control. The uh -huh. FN is FN, but your Windows key will be what is the command key on a Mac keyboard. And the yeah. command is usually next to the space bar. And the alt key on your keyboard, which is next to the space bar, will be the option key on a Mac, which is like, I, it's usually one key over from the space bar. Other than that, once okay. your fingers learn what to push for what, uh -huh. and what is real, you know, what it, 
what's labeled is not what Apple's going to call them. But other than okay. that, I have used a Windows keyboard, and once you get used to it, it's for the most part fine. It's not. It's almost as good as using an Apple keyboard, but you can get by. That's what I thought because I have been using it. Like it speaks to me and tell when I push the shift, it says shift. So if I hit where it says command, it'll say command. Correct? No. No. Oh, it if, won't? If, oh. if you turn oh, on Voiceover Help. Uh huh. Yeah. And press oh, keys. I don't, I don't know how to do voice. What does that help? What you said to do? Yeah, well, it's voiceover help is something you turn it on, and when you push keys, it tells you what this they is, are. This is Gail. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, was Brad? Were you finished? Or well, that and, and on that keyboard, you would use um, yo command. So you're going to push the control key, and then you're going to reach your finger way over to the key that's next to this on the left-hand side of the key of the space bar. The control key is the far left key. Then you have to reach your finger way over and push the one that's next to the space bar, which is labeled alt on the keyboard, but the Mac is yeah. going to think it's the option key. And oh. then once you push those two down, push the letter K and that will start voiceover help. And when you're done, oh, you can get out of voiceover help by pressing the escape key, which, which you know where that is in the far upper yeah. left corner. So and then you can push keys and, and it'll tell you what they are. Yeah. Now, if you, I, so um, that's, that may throw you off though. You know, when you do hear a bunch of voiceover commands help and different things, but right. um, go ahead, uh, Gail. Well, I would, well, one thing I was going to suggest what he just said about the, uh, keyboard help. Uh, I was going to tell what keys to press, but also I was going to suggest, do you have an option of uh, replacing that keyboard, sending that keyboard back and getting, uh, you know, a, a Mac keyboard, Bluetooth would, keyboard that with Mac key, keys on it. I, so you, you think I should buy an Apple keyboard? Well, no, I mean, yeah. yeah. What, what oh, you yeah. do? Would yes. be much better. Yes. Yeah. It would be much easier for you to use. Where, where and, would I? Well, you could uh, go. Uh, there are a couple ways you could get one from Apple. There's an Apple keyboard you could use. The expensive. Or, or, or well, there are um, other. Yeah. Well, that also you could go to Amazon, yeah. and um, they have like a Logitech keyboard mm -hmm. that you could. Um, use uh for three devices for the mac the phone and you know if you have um for example if you have i think it's it's well i know it's up to three three devices you can have three devices on it and for like if you had two like an ipad for example you could um have three devices on it uh if you get an apple uh keyboard you could um, only use it um, that Apple keyboard for one device at a time. The Logitech keyboard uh, you would be able to use for three devices, and you would get that on Amazon. That's okay as long as I okay. What I need to know is like, what do I need to look for, or or does it say Apple keyboard when I go looking on Amazon? Will Brad. it say? Yeah, go okay. ahead, Brad. Well, if you're looking for the one from Apple. It's called an Apple Magic Bluetooth keyboard. And there's two okay. versions. There's the full-size one 
call the extended. It's got the number pad and the arrow keys that are in the middle between the typing area and the number pad. And then it's mm -hmm. got the, the six extended keys. And then Apple has three extra F keys that are above it. So instead of a six pack, it's more like a little nine pack. Um, Apple's that's that, I, that is, you know, some people like it mm -hmm. extended. Some people don't. The other, the other magic keyboard is one that's the size of the laptop keyboard. And that's mm -hmm. the, just one they call just plain Apple magic keyboard. Now the Apple keyboards are more expensive than the Logitech. And like Gail was saying, mm -hmm. the Logitech allows you some models allow you to use it with more than one, one device. And some people like that. Okay. Um, and depending upon which one you get, there's, there's some issues I've run into with Logitech on the extended keyboard that has the FN key. That's a problem. Oh, um, then you I don't think like where it is. I don't like where it, now that one that Gail's talking about that does three, that's called a K380. And okay. that could be a real good choice for you. Really? It's got, yes, it's got the layout for um, um, the same as the laptop. Uh, it can be, it, the keys have labels on them for either Windows or Mac. So like one key may say alt, but it'll also say CMD. Um, okay. If you're okay. like me, I can't see the key, but the keys are labeled anyway. I'm doing it all by feel. I can I see a little what... bit. I can see right. a little bit. You know, I'm going to take these classes and I, I have a hard enough time learning. I don't want anything that's going to mess with my brain. I mean, if I, I want to learn. You, this is Brad. If you aren't worried what it costs, mm -hmm. I'd get one of those two Apple Magic keyboards. That is going to provide you with the most 100% Apple experience. Okay. And if you want to take the class specifically that iBug is offering, um, yes. you would, what? Yes, I do. I already signed up with you guys. No, not for the class. You would actually need oh. to register. You would need to complete an application. But And this class is currently oh. full, but we'd be happy to get you in oh. the next. Yeah, there's an application to fill out. Oh, okay. So. Oh, okay. All right. Thank okay. you very much for your question. It's important to get the right okay. keyboard. Well, this and is, yeah, this is Gail. I just want to make one more comment about the Logitech that I sure. have. Yeah, Mine does ahead. not have an um, alt key. Mine has all the Mac keys. So I must have an older version. Um, but it, it it is a good keyboard because it it's like uh, you know everything is spaced out. But but I like both that and the Apple keyboard. They're both great. Awesome. Okay. How would I get the application to sign up for next time? You can email me and my email address is on the oh. iBug Today website. Oh, okay. I thought I already had sent you a, I thought I already did that. And you sent me um, a thing about the classes. Okay, well, anyway, we can um, straighten that out at some point, okay. but let's okay. go ahead Thank and you. Yep, continue on with our call. Who would like to ask the next question? Okay, this is Julie again. Can I ask another question? Sure, go ahead. Um, I have, I just got this Mac One Mini and I, I just only got eight gigs memory. 
um, 256, I think they said RAM. Um, I wanted to buy a hub to add more memory to that. I don't know exactly which one I should get. Does anybody know anything about that? Okay. This is I, Suva. Yeah, Suva, go ahead. So a couple of things going. So eight gigabytes of RAM and 256 gigabytes of storage. And you would like to add um, possibly more storage. Am I, hopefully I got that right? Yes. Okay, great. Yes, so depending on which version of uh, storage device you're looking for, uh, it can be a USB-C type or a USB type if you have, oh, you said Mac um, M1 mini? Yes, uh-huh. Okay, Monterey, so... it's brand new. Okay. It's not a MacBook, right? No, no, no. Desktop. It's it's a Mac One Mini. It's a square thing on my desk gotcha. here. Yeah. Gotcha. So it should have USB ports. So yeah, you you does have USB ports. I think it also has USB C. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't. Right. Okay. It has Thunderbolt. So, I don't even know what Thunderbolt is, but that's what it said it has. Yeah, it just provides a, a faster um speed. Okay. But really, um, if you just go to Amazon, just look up any uh. You can go about it two different ways, um, you know, to get a enclosure and then have a um, either a solid state drive or a, or a regular hard drive for mass storage and then just format that to XFAT. Um, so it will the Mac will recognize it. Um, or you can just go get a don't have to worry about enclosure, just any um, you know, a T5 or a T7 from Samsung or just any other storage will, will do. This is Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. So a couple of things I want to clarify here real quick. So first of all, all that'll do is that will store, you know, increase your computer's memory in terms of adding on a separate drive. But the RAM, you which is what you're referring to, the 8 gig, yeah, the storage, storage. but the... Uh -huh. Memory, there, there's no way to increase that. You have to purchase that ahead of time. And I... Um, oh. If you want it increased uh, storage, so you mean increased memory? Me Just increased trying to make memory. sure we get yes. our terms. Yes. <laughs> memory is the RAM, and that you know yes. it means like helps. I'm tired, so yeah, I know. So am I. Um, but yeah, that the memory is for things like you know the computer keeping track of everything you're doing all you know once the um, storing whatever the processes and things, but. Um, yeah, the this is and, and I have one of those. I was just gonna say, and I do have one of those T7 drives, and I did not have to reformat it or anything like that. I plugged it in, and it just worked right out of the, right out of the box. So, um, but I, wow. I really like it. So, so is it hard to connect that? It you don't have to connect anything with it. I don't even know what a T7 is. It's just a model of a. This is Herbie. It's just a model of a Samsung hard drive. Like I have a T7 two terabyte hard drive that I plug into one of the USB-C ports on my computer and uh -huh. um, it shows up on my desktop as an external drive. But I'll give away to Suva and who's going to yeah, talk. Suva, go ahead. Hey, so yes, um, uh, just everyone's right. So it just, yeah, the, the RAM and the storage gets get confusing. But uh, the RAM, uh, unless you're doing like video editing and uh, working with lots of different applications, you really don't uh -huh. have to worry about it. The eight gigabytes right. will be fine. Good. Um, I don't do any of that. So yeah, and the for for the formatting part, yeah. So as long as you don't have to, if you're not 
getting like the enclosure and what I mentioned for the first part, you're uh -huh. not like making your own T7. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about formatting. Just get a T7. It's all good. Well, it's called a T7, huh? And I can get it where? Amazon, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, Brad. Mm -hmm. Yes, Brad. There's lots of drives you can buy. Uh, I'm not familiar with the T7. I've always bought either Western Digital or Seagate, but there's lots of drives. If you just search on Amazon for uh, Amazon for uh, USB external HD, you should find lots of choices. You can get a four or five gigabyte drive now for around a hundred dollars and you wow. just plug it in. You have two USB a ports and two Thunderbolt ports on the back of that uh, M one Mac mini. So you can use either one. USB C is probably going to cost more. It's faster, faster input output. And SSD is even faster, but if it's a spinning hard drive, it's probably going to be USB a and SSD will probably be uh, USB-C or Thunderbolt. Yeah, Thunderbolt will be even oh, more sorry. expensive because it's oh, faster. I, I was just going to say that. I think you meant to say uh, four or five terabyte drive, or did you mean That's what I meant. Four? Thank you, Herbie. Uh, Thank I was going to say, because I remember... We're all yeah, messing yeah, yeah, up, yeah, 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 yeah. We're all messing I, I, up. I remember a five gigabyte yeah. hard drive back in 2002 that was a no, 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 thing, yeah, and I right. thought it was the coolest thing. That's what I meant. Thank you, sir. We're all messing up. Okay, yeah. So, and and SSD is going to be fast. Yeah, there's so many different things, but but there are tons of options out there. And um, I'm yeah. just brand new to this. I I watch YouTube videos, and I and I think you may. I, I probably should add some more um storage, this, don't you think? I don't do a lot. I I, I do yeah. internet. No. Okay. Okay, Darcy, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say if if you're um just new to the Mac and if you're just using it like right now to, to watch videos and stuff um, and you haven't really done like you don't have a lot of a lot of pictures on there yet or maybe a lot of media or a lot of videos it, you may not have to worry about it I mean that's that's a that's a big chunk of space to start out with you you may not have to worry about it right yet like okay. You're, okay. you're probably nowhere near close to, to maxing it out at this point okay I'll just let it be for now Yep. Thank you. Advice. Thank this you, is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. So I just want to make some general comments because I know we may use terms here that people aren't familiar with when we talk about, um, you know, HD versus SSD. Um, basically, you have your old-fashioned hard drives that have spinning parts, and more things can go wrong with them versus SSD, where it's all digital and there's no moving parts. And oh, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure people know what the differences are so they know what we're talking about. That's all. All right. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even fully know the difference. So there we go. Um, the, the older one, the HD makes a whirring sound. You can feel the okay. parts moving. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, this right. is, Jan this yeah, is Janet. Janet. Um, SSD means solid state. Yeah. Yep. Those are definitely the way to go. I have those in my computers and they're you know because it's less moving parts things just stay together better and move faster but whatever you can get you know is whatever mm -hmm. it yeah so thank anyway. you everybody when, when when i think this is janet again when i think of ram i think of the brain of the computer yeah there you go that works yep excellent so who would like to ask our next question? 
Um, this is Janet. I had a question. Sure, go ahead. Does anybody know if iHeart or TuneIn or any of those have apps for the Mac? Hmm. This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. TuneIn does have a map app for the Mac, and this is it's a regular Mac app, not a uh, the iPad version. Um, and it is actually pretty accessible. And one maybe not so obvious thing on there. You do have a volume control with your command up and the command down, but you can link it to your TuneIn account. And so, yes, there is definitely a TuneIn app for the Mac. I'm not sure about iHeart. All right, then. As a follow-up, are those websites pretty easy to use on the Mac? I imagine they would be. So I think I got TuneIn from the Mac App Store. I don't think I got it from the website. Right. Um, and the TuneIn website, I've never, it's doable, but it was never one of my favorites. I've always found the app interface a little bit better. Um, but you can use TuneIn on the web. iHeart, I want to say, you know, I've really not tried iHeart on the web, so I really can't say because I've just always used the app on the phone. All right. Good question there, Jan. Uh, hopefully that helps you out. And uh, yeah, a lot of the time it seems like there's stuff, there's a lot of apps for iOS, but on the Mac there's not as many or it's just easier to use the website. So, um, but good luck with the TuneIn app. So who would like to ask our next question? This is Suva. Yes, Suva, go ahead. So I'm going back to that question I asked about the reading books. I keep yes. losing focus. So is there any way to kind of put my focus back into the page? And uh, I did try the VO key and the A to kind of go through the, the read command just to bring up the commands list to see the reading commands. I've tried them all. <laughs> I don't know, maybe my Mac is just going through needs a restart or something. It's not doing uh -oh. it. So to put focus, so do you, I guess you would like use your arrow keys to, um, just say like, I like to read it from a paragraph, right? I, I find the place, but then how would I kind of start reading from there or listening from there? Yeah. So I think. To read, yeah. So, does anyone want to help Suva out before I just start to answer? This is Brad. What's he trying to do? Read from the books app? Correct. Yes. Um, well, I would try either VOA or you could turn the trackpad commander on and do a two finger swipe down. Just like on an iPhone. This is Pete. That's yeah, a great suggestion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, Pete, go ahead. Does the up and down arrow key not work to read line by line in a PDF or one of those books? It is a PDF. And then this is Suva and um, the VO key A, uh, which should read the, the oh. beginning to end. It, it, right. It's only reading one sentence. This is Herbie. Uh oh. Herbie? 
Um, so are you actually reading a PDF or an iBook? It's a PDF. So have you tried using the preview app? No, I don't think I did. Yeah. So I recommend trying the preview app. And if you don't like that app, try Google Chrome. I think you'll find, so long as it's not an image-based PDF, I think you'll find those are a lot easier. Also, you now have the option of voice stream reader as well on the Mac as well as on the phone. You do have to pay a subscription fee of $4.95 a month. But you may find those a lot better options than the Books app. Hmm. Books app. So this is Suva. So you do recommend I open it through the Books app? No, I'm saying I don't recommend the Books app. I'm recommending other apps you try instead that might offer you a much better experience. Preview is the default app for PDFs. But I've used Google Chrome successfully, and you can also use Voice Stream Reader as well if you're willing to pay for that app, which is, you know, designed for accessibility in mind. The Books app, I have tried it, and I always find my experience frustrating with it for the most part. Um, Granted, the iBook I tried to read through was not the best formatted to begin with. I don't know why Audible throws fits if I try to merge those files with the Books app and I can get Apple audiobooks to work just fine. So I find the app overall more of a frustrating experience. So I think there's better apps to try than the Books app on the Mac. Um, And since it's a PDF, yeah, I I would try a preview and um, because that's your default PDF reader anyway. And then I would also try Chrome. And then you've also got, like I said, voice stream as well. This is Pete. Those apps work better for you. Yes, Pete, go ahead. Is that a command Y to open the preview? Does that work in a PDF? No, I know this is mail. Really... Yeah. Preview is the app that is on your Mac for reading PDFs. By default, and it's other what files. should. And right. what? Other files. Other files. Oh, other files. So you yeah, just go so... to your applications list and open it from there. No, you when you open the PDF file by default, that's the app that should actually launch. Oh. Yeah. And I know you are in Chanel's Mac class. We'll talk about open with and how you can associate programs, but the short version is you can do command I or you can go down the context menu, go down to open with if you want to use a different app. But by default, PDFs should be opening in the preview app. Which is, there is, but there is an actual app called Preview. You will find it in your apps folder. Right. If you go to your finder and command shift A. Mm-hmm. Right. But PDFs right. should automatically open in that app. So I'm yes. wondering why Suba's uh, PDF did not open that automatically. Um, there let's are go a number to, of reasons, but Brad. Yeah, let's go yeah. to Brad. I'm, I'm done. Sorry. Thank you. No, uh, it's, as, far it's, as, as far as why he probably imported it to the books app or who knows. But I was going to say, um, you know, you could just, if you've got the PDF file in a folder and you've got focus on that, you know, folder and finder, and you either do command O or command down arrow, it should open in that default app, which like Kirby said, for a PDF, unless you've done something to change it, it's preview. And I agree that would probably be a much a much better reading experience. Or like you said, Chrome also is a good one. Which you're going to have to do open with to do that. Yes. Um, Suva, go ahead. 
so command O or command down arrow to get me to the preview or if I want to open it up with uh, Chrome, just command O or command down arrow will also give me that option. This is Herbie. This is oh, okay, ahead, Herbie. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, those are just your straightforward commands for opening any kind of file on the Mac. But to, yeah, go ahead. And Brad was probably going to say something else. Yeah, so. same thing. Yeah, that's just a default. That'll open any folder, any file. And if it's a file, it opens it in the default application for that file type. So, yeah. And command O, command down arrow, and they're interchangeable. They do the same thing. But if you want to open it in a specific program, that's when you go to open with. Um, other by, than the default, yes. Yeah, yeah, you other than the default. You have to do the shortcut menu and then down arrow to open with and then right arrow. And you get a list of possible possible applications. Yes. This is about, Thank you. I'll try those. Appreciate it. All right. Excellent. Who would like to ask our next question? This is Darcy. I have a question. Sure. Go ahead, Darcy. Okay. So um, just a little background here. I am, I've been using 1Password since like 2010, which for people who don't know is sort of a, it's a password manager. Keeps track of all your passwords. Um, and uh, you can put all kinds of other stuff in there, like banking information, registration keys, all that. And it's coming up for renewal in a couple months, and it is kind of expensive now. So I'm thinking about switching back, switching to the iCloud stuff, like the iCloud passwords and stuff. Because I think since I got one password, I think it pretty much now does everything that I use one password for. The one thing I don't think it does is keeps track of registration keys, like all your any app you ever, you ever buy that you don't. Um, you know, get through the Mac app store, there's probably some sort of registration key Then you have to, and it was really handy at, you know, you could just search for the app you wanted and there was a command to automatically paste the thing into the, the clipboard and then you paste it back into the app and everything. So what I'm kind of wondering, just sort of picking everyone's brain here is what do you all use to keep track of your registration keys? Do you just have a, a document somewhere or, or how do you all do that? This is Herbie. Yeah, Herbie. I keep the original emails, and one of the nice things about MacMail is it can make it a lot easier to find with the search feature. Like, for instance, I needed to find my Audio Hijack license the other week, and so it was, you know, I could easily find it in the Mail app, and um, yeah, that's what I do. I think most of my, to be fair, I don't know how many things I have with registrations. The one frustration, though, I do have with the iCloud keychain as it relates to the Mac is I've had it not be good about seeing other when it like on the phone you have no problems when you use the third party app you can fill use the password field i've had issues with third party apps on the mac and being able to use icloud keychain with the um like amazon prime for instance was an example where i had to look up my amazon password the hard way um maybe i just wasn't doing something wrong i want maybe i was doing something wrong i don't know but i've had issues with keychain and third-party apps on the mac not with safari though 
Okay, so you're talking like not like on a um, like in an app where you have to log into. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that um, one password actually does pretty well, um, especially now with the the new version. But there are some weird accessibility issues in the new version, and also. Um, it is kind of expensive because you got to pay a yearly yeah. thing. So I think what I'm going to try and do, because I think it comes up in October. So what I'm probably going to try and do is, you know, stop using it for the next little while. Try and just see if the iCloud stuff meets my needs. And if it does, then I'll switch yep. and otherwise. But that seems to be the biggest one is. And I actually, I actually do have uh, most of my original emails just because I, you know, just in case sort of thing. Um, but I didn't know if anyone knew uh, had any apps or any, any way of kind of... Keeping all that stuff together. If anyone, That's if a anyone good else question. This is Suva. Yes, Suva. So, depends on how much, like, uh, you know, privacy you kind of do. Google Docs is a great one. So, um, you can create a, a Docs um, page where you can combine all of your licenses and just label them links, licenses, and what their additions are. And just keep them compiled and, and online. But you know, it depends on how much privacy stuff you want to kind of do. And then, if you want to just go offline, then I recommend just uh, any like a notepad, like a simple document, and just just put everything in there. But you know, you're prone to losing that. So, if flash drive got damaged or anything happens, well, there you go. Yeah. This is well, Milagros. Okay. Um, uh, why not? really what I do is I have a note and I label the note something really non-specific like maybe Christmas list or kids toys or something like that and that's where I store my passwords so but that's in the note under notes this is Herbie okay I think Darcy was maybe trying to or somebody was trying to say something um before um or maybe not uh go ahead Herbie. so i'm gonna mention this as well because darcy i think you or maybe i don't know if you actually can make use of this or not but a lot of people i've will use the braille note takers to store passwords and stuff going on the theory that the average sighted person if they were to ever steal it would not know how to make use yeah. of the data i <laughs> that's a good good point. i you know i just wouldn't say i'm not that my the only reason why i hesitate to endorse that method i would agree on as a general rule yes it's going to stump the average sighted person but a it's not going to stump the average blind person that knows how to read braille yeah. should they nab your device well. B, I wouldn't trust it. You know, I would imagine a real, a professional hacker would find their way into a. Yeah. No. Well, I already that's, know that's where Allegra is. All right, hers. one at a time, one at a time. So, Darcy <laughs> and then Pete. Well, I was just going to say that wouldn't work for me. First and foremost, I don't have a Braille display. But even if I did, um, some of my passwords, because I've used uh, one password for so long to do passwords, I have it generate passwords. And yep. some of them are really, really long, and I would not yeah. if I t if I had them in a in like something in Braille, I would not want to have to type them in manually because no. some of them are crazy. <laughs> no. Like I'm talking like yeah. you know 30, thirty plus characters. Yep, um, I use one password too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know. Yeah. 
All right, sorry, and I was interjecting in there too. But uh, Pete, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say uh, I know where Milegra uh, stores hers Christmas list and mm. kids' toys, so I'll make a note of that. And uh, <laughs> and Herbie think, has a Braille display. I think when it was, this is yeah, I that was actually a bad example. <laughs> they don't I'm have a kidding. Braille display. I was telling you about other. I've heard other people, you know. Right, do. right. I know. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I take I keep mine in my emails. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably I mean as secure as anything else. I, I think Sounds, I was yeah. thinking there might be like a and maybe there is like some sort of program specifically designed for that. So you could because like I said, one of the appeals of one password is like you can um if I cert if I have to, you know, re enter my registration key for whatever reason, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can search for any one password. And I think there's a command. I don't know if it's command C or it's it's one of the it's, it always tells me every time, but it'll just copy the license key right to the clipboard. So it's like super quick to. Um, You've just given mm -hmm. me another reason, a use for one password. I didn't yeah. realize I could. <laughs> well, that ultimately I may end up sticking with yeah. it. I just I'm just sort of at this point. It's it's the kind of thing where, like I said, my my renewal because I have the one password for families thing too, which is actually kind of useful because because Holly and I share passwords, but. Um, right. It's it's the kind of thing where it's like, it's not, it's not like super super expensive, but it's expensive enough where it's like when it comes up, it's like okay, do I still need this? You know. Kind I know, of thing? I know. That is the question. Um, I just find I for if you, like you pretty much stay in the Apple ecosystem, so you I might do. be okay. But when you're going from different operating systems, and when you know you, um. There is iCloud passwords for Windows, but it is still clunky. So I, mm -hmm. yeah, um, there's lots of factors to consider. We are running out of time. So I just um, want to thank everybody for coming. It's been a great call. And we will be back on September 27th will be our next Mac and Talk. So um, great what? Great session. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody be thinking of your questions or follow-ups to the ones you've asked and share that then. And I don't know if we'll know any more about the new uh, Ventura coming out, but um, yeah, something to look forward to. So have a good night, everyone. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Chanel. Yeah, yeah you too. Good Thank you. Thanks, Chanel. Good okay, bye-bye.